the dark fades out to a dimly lit round table in a kitchen of a young 22-year-old man. Man-child. Hey guys, it's me, Chris Michael, from Beyond the Magic, here on the Slightly More Podcast with... Shane Patrick Cruz. Both of us combined make one singular host. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you've been watching for any time, you know where that comes from. You understand. So this is the fourth part of the show series where we're talking specifically about the show. This will not be the last time we cover how to have a good show, but there's some just basic topics we want to cover. Yeah. Um, So far, we've been over how to open a show. We've been over the idea of stagecraft how to routine your show and write a show, and now we're going to talk about the scripting of the show itself. Yes. Um, which is, luckily, the last part of the series because this is my truest strength in show business is my ability to script and turn... I don't know why people have trouble with scripting. It's just like, I guess some people are just good at creating methods What would for you... What is your explanation of scripting? It's a poor script if you get cut off like that. No, no, no. No, <laughs> um, no I wasn't really going anywhere with that anyway. So scripting is basically it's what you're saying during your routines. That that's it. Like there's more to it than that. Writing the story and the narrative, but I'm I'm gonna let that be a whole other thing. I'm gonna specifically refine this down to what do you say in your show. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go over everything from the actual written scripts, the points that you need to make in your in your in your shows and routines to the ad-libs that you put in there, to the callbacks. I'll talk about what things magicians say that they shouldn't be saying because they're just looking for filler. Right. So we'll, we'll talk about the do's and don'ts of scripting. Yes. Yeah, I'm not gonna give you a step-by-step tutorial on, on how to write a good script. If you want that, reach out to me and I'm happy to help you. But um, I do wanna go over some basic points that can help you yeah. improve the scripting in your show. So First things first. Hold on. We're at my house right now. Yeah, we're in a house. The water's about to run. Ready in three, two. Oh. That was a part of a script, actually. Um, we we put that in there just to make it seem a little bit more real and um, genuine for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first things first. Don't do verbatim someone else's script. Don't. Um, and and. I even try not to look. Verbatim. I mean, like, exactly like them. Obviously, you can take bits and pieces. I do that. I know Chris does as well. Take bits and pieces, but still make it your own. And think about this with writers. Writers will use inspiration from others, but they're never going to write page for page what somebody else wrote. Um, And there's been remakes of books based on the same concept, and that's fine. Uh, But it comes down to a couple things. Moral issues, which I don't even need to talk about why it's a moral issue. issue. And then also it just comes from it's going to kill your creativity. Creativity is a muscle that you need to exercise. um, And if you're not exercising it and creating your own material to work off of, A, it's not going to seem like it belongs specifically to you, and the audience can sense that. Right. But also... It's going to kill your creativity. Again, kill the creativity. Uh, So that's first things first. Just, you know, obviously take inspiration from places. uh, Take a general script that it's done. I know you read the patter, sometimes called patter, sometimes called patter. Uh, but just you know, try to try to make it your own. I've been guilty, especially in the beginning, when you're just trying to learn the trick and you're, you know, you're not gotten to the point where you've really worked it out and performed with it. 
I have done tricks verbatim the way that someone else yeah. did it. But the more you get used to the effect, the more you can start to play with it and make it your own and come up with different spins on it and twist on it and maybe what to add in or take out or that sort of thing. And some reason using other people's routines is so villainized in the magic community. But think about it. When you start as an actor, you probably start by doing other people's plays. Right, True. and then you get more and more uh, prestige and notoriety and experience, and then you write your own play. Yeah. When you start as a band, nobody goes into a band practice and begins writing a song right away. They always play other people's songs. Yeah, they practice other people's songs and do this, and they perform as a cover band for a little while. Then they write their own material. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, so you know, it's okay in the beginnings. Just don't rely on it. We get so addicted to the feeling of having a show that works, and then we we lose the uh, excitement of being unique. Yeah, um, I just watched a, we've talked about Penguin Live lectures before, which are fantastic. Yeah. Um, they've just started a while ago, the live acts. So it's literally the magician doing his or her entire act and then he, teach, he or she teaches you the entire act. Um, for the first time ever, I just watched uh, another one by Drew Beckenstoss, Beckenstoss, Beck, I think it's Beckenstoss is his last name. Um, and he literally says, listen, do not rip off my act. Like, take what I've told you and shown you and make it your own. Do your own with it, right? Yeah, um, and I'm going to be going over some things in my show. Don't take them. I mean, I, I'm, a, I, I'm a family performer, and I, I'm getting better at scripting and becoming more um, creative with my ideas. But even the ones that I do tell you guys just just please even even if they're not so profound don't steal them um and one thing i want to talk about starting this is where can you get inspiration people seem to find it difficult to get inspiration when scripting okay um i want to just make a point that you should pull inspiration from everywhere everywhere not just other magicians in fact so little of anything I've ever done or created in my show has come from an idea from another magician. So what does it come little. from mostly, if you were to, if well, you were actually, to say Well, actually, mostly it comes from jugglers, uh, which is sort of in the same vein, but for yeah. me, music. The music is also number one for me. The feeling that I get when I hear mm -hmm. a song come on, I go, wow, mm -hmm. how do I let people feel that feeling through a magic trick? Yeah. And I won't even sometimes use the song in the routine. I'll literally just say, what does that song do? And I'll break it down part by part. Okay, slow emotional intro. Mm -hmm. Really, um, f you know, up you know, a high energy chorus, you know, and I'll say, I want a routine that does those things. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've done the exact same thing. I've listened to songs and seen routines based on the feeling of the song. And you can find, my own head. think of a song that really impacts you every time you hear it, brings the tears out, or every time you hear it, it makes you just fired up. What are the lyrics of that song saying? And how can you put that into a magic show? So for instance, if it's a breakup story and it's so relatable to you, chances are it's relatable to people who see your show. Yeah. Do a trick that explains a breakup. A beautiful rope routine I saw one time by my friend Charlie Ross. He does a rope routine with a girl on stage and every time they cut the rope, you can tell he's upset and it hurts him. And you can just tell, even without him using any words, that he's living through a breakup when he does that. Yeah. And then when he looks at the, the lady, you know, he grabs her wrist and holds the thing up and tries to gesture and the rope falls. And such a cool... And, and he said he got that inspiration from listening to a song. Mm, yeah. So, I also watch a lot of comedians. I watch a lot of stand-up comedy because literally they stay on stage for an entire hour or so engaging the audience with no props literally just their words and their actions and that sort of thing so i watch a lot of stand-up comedians obviously movies movies 
what are you interested? What do you talk to your friends about? What do you? What are you excited to tell them about? What What new piece of technology came out that you talk to your friends about? Why do you not talk about that in your show? Yeah. What What fun fact do you tell tell people every time they come to their house? What's on your shelf at home that literally whenever you come over you make sure to show people and explain where you got it from? Why is that not a piece in your show? Yeah, you something know? I've been thinking about personally is. One of the things that I am fascinated with is the, is the concepts and theories around time. And I've really been thinking about how to incorporate that into my own show just because it's personal to me. Yeah. Because I read a lot of books on it and study a lot of I love it. random. I just I, – I'm an absurdist. I love things that don't make sense and are discombobulated and disjointed. And that's my sense of humor. So much so I was honored when I hung out with Shane's girlfriend, uh, May, at, at one of the gigs that we were performing. I was saying things that made no sense and it was actually landing and like making her laugh. Yeah. And I try now in my show to do a little bit more of that. There's part, parts of my show like the – Make no sense. Yeah. Just, just funny for me, and that's it. And like my grandpa joke. I'm no spoilers, but um, there's things that I say in my show that I just what I do to make my friends laugh at home is what I do to make people laugh on stage. Remember, the people who interact with you in your everyday life are people. They're the people too. They're just people you've seen without their shell on. Essentially, right? People who come to a show that you think won't like a joke or is, are too sensitive for this or this or this. They're people too. They're just wearing their public shell. Like they're, right. I'm out in public. I don't want people to know who I really am. Right. You can when you cater to their internal self and to their their humanity. That's when your show is going to be perceived as being something really good. Yeah. And most magicians, for instance, when I was working the birthday party market, were so focused on coming across as a magician and fulfilling the role of the of the, I'm going to show and give the kids a great time and be magical and not tell them how my tricks are done. That when I removed all that and just showed up and hung out with them like I was their older brother and picked on them and literally teased them about their shoes, but they teased me about my shoes and we joked and I wasn't being mean. It was all in fun. I hang out with the mom and, you know, like eat food with them and like that appealing to who they were as almost a family member and not as a performer was what helped me realize that I should do the same thing in my show. So anyway, little backstory there. Yeah. Um, don't don't I and I actually this is exactly where I want to go with this. So I'm glad this per, perfectly lined up. I told two other magicians this the other day. Don't say what you think you should say. Say what you want to say. And this is used a lot in marketing. For instance, if you have a banner behind you, Tyler Reed, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a shout out. We were talking about his big banner, and he wanted to say create unforgettable memories. But that's a given. That's like going to a restaurant that says eat delicious food. It's like, well, right. I can do that anywhere. I can go to any magic show and get unforgettable memories. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a freaking magic show. How often do I go to those? Yeah. But maybe what he wants to say is this show doesn't suck. I mean, that's what people will remember. And that, you know, you're putting that up on a big stage and people go, oh, this guy's not, not trying to communicate to me in a poised manner. He's trying to just communicate to me as a person. And then so if you just had a big banner that literally says this show doesn't suck. Find out why Instagram handle. Dang, mm. that's a good idea. Dang, that's a good idea. Cut that out so we can use it ourselves. No, we're not gonna cut that. <laughs> but um, th that's that's what appeals to people. So in your show, feel free to do that. So I'm so in, I'm so glad we covered this idea of inspiration. Um, yeah. Anything that you're interested in as a person, take that into your show and find a way to do it. And I promise you, if you can't think of a magic trick with it. Then don't. Just bring it out, acknowledge it, talk about it, and say, you know what this makes me think of? This makes me think of the day that I got this and the story that I told you. It's the same day I walked to the magic shop and saw this next trick performed. Mm, yeah. And so now you're putting your human self in there, but maybe you're not strong on the scripting side of things and you don't know how to incorporate that object or that story into a trick. Tell the story as a way to get to the trick. 
so yeah, they're separate, but but they but they still get to remember you as a person, yeah. which ultimately make your sh- your show better, as we talked about in the last part. So transitioning, um, I am not part of the crowd that thinks that the entire show from beginning to end should be scripted. Oh my gosh, no. It well, there are some that are magicians out there who literally every single piece of their show is scripted. You think that it's, I, I've heard it from magicians and lecturers that say, you literally, I literally could write out the show you just saw and it'd be the exact same show every single time. The only thing that changes is the audience members. Though I will I'm, say. I'm just not, I, like there are people that like have an entire script, specific script written out for the show. Isn't mine like that though, technically? Just from doing it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. It's been refined to the lines that work. And even the yeah. jokes that don't seem scripted are scripted, right? Yeah, um, you, but you've gotten to the point now where... I'm riffing? Well, yeah, you're starting to riff some, but like... Not starting, what do you mean? I've been riffing, man. Yeah, I, I just... It's, <laughs> it's changed over the last 60 or so shows. Yeah, it has. How crazy is that? Shane's seen... And I don't even think it's 60, I think it's like 90. Shane has seen like close 90, to 90. 90 of my shows now. But um, I have, like, a general script that I go by with effects. There are some effects where I say, like, the opening of my show is very specific. Um, the opening of effects are very specific. And things, well, now, see, now that I think about it, yeah, I it's more this... scripted than I actually think it is. Yeah. Because, well, here's, here's, what, here's where the problem is. Do not sound scripted. It is okay if your right, show so is scripted, yeah, yeah. but do not sound scripted. And a lot of that's going to be solved if you go back to the past episode and talk about audience interaction. For whatever reason, the more audience interaction you have, the less scripted it seems. Even if at every show I say, if you understand what I'm saying, say yeah. And they say yeah. I don't know why that moment seems unscripted so often, but it's scripted. The little audience interactions, and you'll learn how the audience responds to things over time. You'll just know that certain people say the same thing every time. And you know that certain people will do the same action every time. You can then put it in the script. For instance, there's a moment in my show where I offer bubbles to people. One of my favorite jokes in the show. I say, you'll know exactly what to do if you could. And I hold the bubbles here. And they blow it a big chunk of bubbles in my face. I just, I meant if you could hold them. That literally just started because over time, more and more often people would blow the bubbles. And I learned how to refine that movement and the way that I'm asking them to do it to where it happens every time. Yeah. Um, so that was a moment that was totally unscripted that killed that became scripted and never once when I perform it do people think it's a part of the script yeah if they did the, the joke's gone yeah. so just be careful that you're not coming across as scripted when you really are and the more professional you become the misconception is the lot the less scripted you'll be honestly the more scripted you'll be just the better you are at hiding it that's um, exactly what I was just getting ready to say the more often you do it the less it seems scripted right yeah. yeah. The more it seems natural and in the moment and that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 You, you want that. You want you want people to under because you want people to think that you're quick on your feet and witty and you're very you're right, one of my favorite terms to use is that you're right there. You ever talk to somebody and you know they're there but they just they, they seem a little bit further mm-hmm. from where you are like in the conversation. Mm-hmm. I do this with Shane sometimes. I'm I'm talking and I'm like, Shane doesn't think I'm like right there with him sometimes. But anyway. It's it's good if if the audience can think that they, if they were to say something to you or do something that you would immediately be able to acknowledge it. Yeah. Um. That that also 
gives you greater control of the show. If you're performing a show that feels very scripted and blocked off from the audience, the audience typically feels entitled to be able to do whatever they want and you won't acknowledge it, and that is a scary thing. The more that you demand the room and the more le- the less scripted your show feels, the more control you have. All right, what else? What other tips do you have? So we went over inspiration, and yeah. um, one thing I, I, I guess I should really mention is once you find those pieces that you do want to talk about, um, or even if you, it, it, let, let's go, Let's go in the reverse. So sometimes there's things that you really like in your life that you want to find a way to make into a routine. And sometimes you have a routine that you really like, but you have no way to make it about your life. Right. Um, that's where a lot of magicians are. They have a trick they want to perform, but they don't know how to do it any other way than the way that the manual said or the way that the DVD yeah. performed it. Um, and to, to me, I guess I've been doing it so long it's almost natural to break it down. But I try to think of a way to make it relevant to my life so for instance sponge balls have absolutely nothing to do with my life but if i could tell a story about going to a mini golf course and there being a magician who you know uh, turned a golf ball into a soft sponge ball and that was his secret cheating in mini golf was that he can actually hit the ball a little bit harder and it wouldn't go so far and that's how he won at mini golf and i tell that story while doing sponge balls and you know talking about the hand being like the hole you have to get to um i literally just came up with this totally on the spot but I do literally remember the real story is that I saw a magician perform SpongeBob for the first time in a mini golf course. He was walking around near the food area performing. But think about, okay, I have SpongeBob's, now I have a cool topic to connect it to, mini golf. Okay, how do I connect those two? Yeah, it doesn't necessarily, I don't think it necessarily needs to connect to your life. It needs to connect to your character. Agreed, agreed. It doesn't have to connect now, to your life. Now, mine intertwine. My, my character is based on my life, and so. They're both almost one and the same. But. Yeah, and I think the reason I have trouble diving right in to talk about scripting is because really you need to first give yourself boundaries to work within. A lot of the time people um, don't know how to script their tricks because they don't ha- they haven't given themselves the boundaries to work within. That's like essentially, have you ever been giving, if, if you're in school, have you ever been given a project where they don't tell you how many pa- how many pages long it has to be? What They don't give you any restrictions to work within? Those are the hardest projects. You're like, you didn't even tell me how many, they're like, you ask the professor, you're like, professor, how many pages should this be? And they're like, however many pages it takes. Now you don't know if you need to work on a 20-page thing or a four-page thing. You have no clue. It's so hard. So building yourself limitations makes it a lot easier. And one thing that I do is I always say I, I cross out the routines and scripts that I wouldn't use. So come up with a character sheet. Essentially, like, I don't know how nerdy you guys are. You play D&D. Make, make, a, make a character sheet for your character um, in your magic show. What is their personality type? How would they respond to a compliment? What is their answer to how you got interested in magic? Which, by the way, I want to do an entire podcast on that one question. How to get interested in magic. I would love to do that to tell you guys what you should say. Because a lot of the way that you respond is the answer that that you give people is not what they want to hear. How do you change your true story into something that's inviting and exciting? Okay. Anyway. um, We even experiments like what's your character's favorite ice cream flavor? How do they handle audience on stage? Are they outgoing or shy? What, what, what of, type of dinner yeah. do they like? What does the inside of their house look like? What kind of clothes do you wear? What kind of clothes do you Literally, wear? Literally, something I just thought about is what kind of car does my character drive, potentially? Like, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the reason we changed the water trick is because your character wouldn't do... I wouldn't get you, one over on people. Yeah. Drinking the water while the per- everyone... Who, most of you have seen the, the water trick, you know, the cup over the head. Yeah. Literally, everyone drinks... The magician drinks the water while the other person is spinning. So here are three but questions. But that's getting one over on the right, exactly. on the audience, which is not your character. Yeah. So we changed it 
to better suit your character. So three questions that will really help you define your character. With the character that your friends have, which honestly a lot of people don't really consider the friends that their characters have, um, and I don't really think about Chris Michael and who he hangs out with, but let's just say he had friends of his own, uh, your character, or she, sorry, I should totally be way more inclusive. I'm, I'm a New Yorker, we always say you guys, so. Um, who does that character hang around with? That's not the that's not the question. The question is, what do they like to do with them? What is their number one thing they like to do with the people around them? Mm -hmm. And then that gives you a really good idea of what they would like to do on stage with people. So there you go. Mm -hmm. So that's so what would they like to do? And be creative here. Do they like to go skydiving? Would their dream thing to be have friends over and cook a big meal? Would it be to, um, you know, show them their secret basement where they lock all their spy gadgets? What mm -hmm. what do they like to do? Okay. Then the next question would be. Where does your character prefer to spend their time? Because this can give you a great idea of where your stories that your character is telling takes place. Are they telling a story about when they were on a mission, you know, in, in Norway? Were they were they at a coffee shop down the road from the venue? Like give so so what do they like to do with their friends? Where do they typically like to hang out if they could choose? And then another really good thing is what are their general attitudes towards others? This is a great, uh, do, do they want people to feel like they, because I always, my character loves to win people over. That's his thing. He's a schmoozer. We call him a professional mensch. He's very good at winning people over. Make, that's why he tosses out compliments so much and mm -hmm. constantly smiles and thanks people a lot. Um, he just wants to be liked. That is his. That is his mo. Like that is what he focuses on. But maybe your character wants to establish power. Maybe your your character is a control freak or a need freak. Maybe your character wants to express himself but is afraid. Um, those three questions give you a really awesome framework to now structure all your routines in, and that is enough information for you to get a hour long show right there. Yeah, yeah. So. Even though you might enjoy doing a certain routine, doesn't mean that your character would actually perform that routine. Right. See, that's and I have that trouble with spiked right now, or uh, what is it called? Stab. Stab. Sorry. Spike. Yeah. yeah. This the spike. I love the routine just because I don't. I don't know. I just it's different for me and it's exciting for me to. Perf I've literally done my show. At, I think I looked at it like thirteen hundred times in the past few years, and so uh, I just wanted to switch it up. So I did the spike routine because it's thrilling and exciting, um, and. I have trouble with that still because it's something my character wouldn't do. Yeah, he doesn't tend to walk on the side of danger. Um, he tends to be kind of um, cautious, but really friendly. Um, like kind of a kind of a kind of a party animal, but not not like an irresponsible one. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so it just doesn't quite fit. So I'm still working on how to how to piece that together. So anyway. you also shouldn't don't don't fall in love with your routines too. Yeah, I have a bad because just because you enjoy performing it doesn't mean it always hits with the audience. And if you find out that over 10, 20, 30 shows, man, this trick just really doesn't hit, it might be time for you to take that trick out and put something else in. Um, it might be because that just doesn't fit your character. So the audience just doesn't believe you, for lack of a better word, um, because that's just not who you are. Um, and also, it might just mean that you need to tweak the routine um, to make it hit better. It might just mean you just need to get rid of it all together. Yeah. Just because it just, it might be good for you because, oh, there's such good moves in this. Or like, oh, the technical aspect is so crazy. Or like, the reveal is so good. Right. Whatever yeah. it is, right? That's, so you're, that's one of the you're in love with the process. Yeah. Instead of being in love with how it affects the audience. And uh, that's part of, that's... Uh, secondarily part of scripting because 
the script at that point doesn't matter as much because it just doesn't hit with the audience. Exactly. So two things that I want to talk about exactly what you said. The reason why understanding your character is important is because now you, uh, let me just say that don't let that kill your creativity. Don't only operate with ideas within that scope, be able to free think and then check off which jokes, like which ones you could slide into the box. Right. Right. In fact, actually I've got, I'll, I'll give you guys a true example from my life. I've got a list of jokes here, either ones that I've come up with or people have told me, and I have a list they're, they're now in separate lists of which ones would work in my show and which ones would not based on my character. Does not mean I did not write them down or does not mean that I didn't come up with them. I still would think of a joke, write it down, and later I would decide, does that work for my character or not? Mm-hmm. But if I didn't have that framework to begin with, I wouldn't know. I'd be taking a lot more risks mm-hmm. and therefore getting a lesser return. So, um, oh my gosh, I got so many. Like Here I have Chris Michael characters. Uh, Chris Michael ideas and branding. Mm. Uh, Chris Michael jokes. I have dark jokes, which are all jokes that are too dark for on here. Um, I've got so many. Okay, so I'm going to open up um, the one that's not organized. While you're looking for that, the character, when you're thinking about this episode, really should be about character and scripting because they go hand in hand. So uh, another thing to think about character, is the character some somebody who is an extension of who you are in real life or is the character completely unlike you in every single way um so you know you think of um chris the chris michael character is just sort of an embellishment of chris in real life same with me so yeah my uh Stand not. I was gonna say standoffish, but that's not really the case. It just my my character, in my show is just a slightly more embellished version of who I think who I personally think I am in my own life. Then you go to the other side of things, such as Carissa Hendricks, who has you know is a character that, outside of herself. Outside of herself, but it was right? it was picked on based on one specific aspect of her life. Right. So here's a really awesome example. Um, these are two jokes that um, one is marked as would not work in my show and one I decided would work perfectly in my show. Let's say it's a birthday show. You pull a kid on stage and somebody, you you offer to have another volunteer do something to them. You say, no need to be gentle. It's not me. Uh, you know, no need to be gentle. Not, it's not me. Uh, like that's that's some characters that would work really well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Gazo, for instance, could do, you know, no yeah. need to be gentle. It's not me. That does not work for my character. It was funny enough that I wrote it down, but I just, yeah. but this one, you all came here for my birthday? Oh my goodness! Thank you so much. Like yeah. that—that that one's w- way more of a Chris Michael thing. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this one does not work with my character. Super funny. Shout out to Jester Jim for this joke. He bends over to pick up a prop and goes, "Ooh, are farts supposed to be lumpy?" <laughs> you have um, a similar thing now that you say though what is that with uh does fear feel like oh yeah yeah man it's so weird sometimes how intuition can feel like liquid running down your leg <laughs> um, but that's part of your i mean it's yeah. sort of part of your character but it is it is because it's it's the excite it's so he's so excited about something that he doesn't realize that it's, it's also your character's sort of awkward at times <laughs> what says yeah. awkward things oh yeah for sure so. yeah. yeah that's why he does the whole <sighs> some people pause for suspense I pause to be creepy. There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, uh, here's a joke that somebody who maybe is a gambler type or or I don't know who this who this works for, but you you know who you are if it does. You're a real card. You need to be dealt with. 
things like that. Like that does not work for me at all. Yeah, that's someone who throws out funny puns and yeah. like. But then yeah. the joke of being like when somebody goes back down to the audience and I go, "Thanks, Dad." Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, the, the the other thing too other than not letting it kill your creativity and feeling like you can only come up with ideas in that box, not the case. You just get a better idea of which ones will work good, will work well in your show. Right. The other thing that I want you to recognize here is that it, it really does, um, you can find a routine and immediately know why you're doing it. So for instance, when I, when I ask you to think of who do I associate with, right? Or, or sorry, what, what do I do when I associate with my friends? What am I most excited to do as that character? Mm -hmm. Where do I spend my time or where do I prefer to spend my time? And how do I like to come across cross to as others or, or uh, how do I like to treat others or associate with them? Um, now I can know, okay, let's say I am doing a tossed out deck routine mm -hmm. and I'm doing the script that came in the box of, I'm going to see if I can pick up on wavelengths and know what you guys are thinking. And each card sends a different frequency. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why does Chris Michael, who likes to hang out with his friends and make them feel good and be hospitable and put their feet up for them and make them coffee and constantly is high energy to the point where his friends are like, uh, is this guy going to take a break? That hangs out at the local coffee shop that likes people to be won over by him. How the heck does he pick up on brain frequencies? Okay. Right. But what makes more sense in that case is because he spends so much time around people, he's able to pick up on the vibes and energy of the room. And he can tell when somebody's feeling distressed or when somebody's feeling happy so that he can adjust to be able to win them over better. Um, because of this, you know, he can typically tell based on just general emotions what people are thinking. You know what I mean? Like that makes a little bit more sense. I'm, I, I don't want to tell you exactly how I do it in my show, but that's, that's right. just a kind of an idea going off of the character. Um, if your character is a, you know, does like to invite his friends over for secret missions and hang out in a cave below his house and drink, you know, um, scotch, you know, and, and watch documentaries why why is he able to pick up on wavelengths maybe he's using technology right or new or he's working on a new project like these are things that make more sense so you can get way closer to the script that needs to be spelled out um based on that the other thing i'll tell you is you don't have to write word for word what i'm going to say in a routine right. um, this tip also was passed on by chris hendrix although i'm going to be totally honest i was passing off this tip way before because when i was an ra in college we learned to do this for running programs so we're not reading off of a paper and being awkward um make bullet points of what you want to get to so like for yeah. i'm just gonna use toss a deck for an example um toss a deck the bullet point may be why am i why am i tossing the deck out in the audience that's probably part of a script i need to talk about why am i using cards that's a bullet point how do i know what card they're thinking about period how does this affect the future or how does this affect the rest of the show so those are four four bullet points. I can now script around those. As long yeah. as I answer those four things, it doesn't really matter what I say. I don't have to write word for word what I'm going to do. Be careful of also, um, what do you call it when it's, okay, stand over here and do this, and please, if you don't mind holding up your hand, like instructional scripting. So many magicians have very meth methodical types of scripting. And they say too much. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and cut the cards and shuffle them up so that they're perfectly even, so that there's no way I can know what order these cards are in. Yeah. Maybe you just want to do this. Cool. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Good. All right. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, hey, you in the uh, green shirt and the glasses, can you please make your way through the audience and up to the front? If you could, thank you so much for coming up. If you could just stand right here, turn around, look at everyone like, what? Like, you, sir. I've been guilty of that. Everyone give you a round of applause on your way up.
If you could. Uh, so body language, if you could. I had to fix that on my right. show. Because I, for, for the life of me, I don't know why this happens. I know that it's something I am doing wrong. I get asked all the time, like, if you could just right over here. And I would literally have people say, or the kids will always sit. You see them sit on the floor? Well, well that's because they sit on the floor. Is that what it is? Yeah. But, so but even adults. you instructed them to everybody I've sit go, crisscross applesauce. So that you're, you've conditioned them to sit on the floor. I don't know, because I've had people, I had an adult go, you want me to sit? So it's not something I'm saying. Here's an idea. I'm almost for certain this is what it is. When you're gesturing, you're gesturing down. I look at the X. You look at the X. So they think, so if you could, right, so now it's gesturing towards the There's some stagecraft tip for you right there that we left out of the other one. Psychological body language instructions. Because I look at the X. By the way, perfect idea to, if you want to cut down on your script, um, don't be afraid to use visual cues. Like for instance, I got so sick and tired of having to stop my show to tell kids where to stand. Uh, they would move around. I would literally not ever see them move. It'd be like the ocean waves. Like, like the, you know, the sand on the beach gets pulled back into the water. They would just mm-hmm. slowly scoot forward and forward and forward. I would never see them move. I'm like, how are you literally hovering closer to me? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I got so sick of like moving them back every three seconds. Yeah. And now to cut down on the scripting I have to do for that, I now put tape X's on the floor and tell the kids to stand there one time and they don't ever move again. Yeah. So you can use things and you can literally leave notes for the volunteer on certain props. Like yeah. for instance, if you have, can you go over there and pick up the card box and top of the card box can be a note that says, uh, you know, please hold the cards facing out. So, yeah. you know, they, yeah. they just took a quick look. Okay, cool. Little things like that. So you don't have to say them and you, maybe not best to do in regards to the method, but definitely good to do just in regards to being polite to the audience, making sure they can see everything. Uh, yeah. It also, cutting down on the script helps you, excuse me, to be more concise and clear with your audience. Because sometimes uh, the audience will go, wait, what do you want me to do? Right? Because you've told, you've spouted out all kinds of instructions. They go, wait, what? what? Okay, where am I supposed to stand or sit? Or can I leave? Or you want me to... Uh, wait, you want me to think of the top word? Oh, wait, the first word on the page or the first word? So it's like being clear and concise in your scripting um, is yeah. of utmost importance. Something right. else that I've learned too, just in my own shows, I have a routine where people sit down. At the end, the routine is two parts. I started to notice at the end of the first part, it, it was a conclusion, right? It was because it was the conclusion of the first part of the effect. People just get up and say, give them a round of applause, right? And they think that's the end. And they would just get up and start to make their way off stage. And I had to be like, well, no, 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 stay, stay seated. And then they're frustrated because now they have to, they thought they were let go. And now they have to sit back down. It's and a, now are... it's a scripting thing for me to say, yeah. uh, give them a round of applause if you could. And right after, if you could just stay there. I actually do it before the applause cue. I always look at the person, uh, the Major Dream, I have to do this all the time. I say, stay right here. Let's give them a round of applause. Same thing in the cup trick. Like, it was, uh, I noticed one time you forgot to say, uh, you'll go on a separate countdown. Uh, Watch me first. Because you forgot to say that one time and and they got ready to, they they got ready to turn as I noticed as you, you picked up on it because... When yeah. you did this, they yeah, their arms like, started to move. And you're yeah. like, no, no, you'll go on a you'll go on a second one. Just watch me first. Yeah. So that's another big part of scripting is making sure that you are clear and concise in what the spectator is supposed to be doing. And we have a misconception that more words means more clarity. 
not the truth. No, less the words truth. a lot of the time is less clarity. So for instance, yeah. if I could just say, don't flip yet, I'll tell you when. That yeah. probably is what I should say, as opposed to me saying, don't go on this countdown, you're gonna go on a separate countdown. So we'll count down for me first, then we'll count down for you. Yeah. I assume that that probably is more clear. That's probably not the case. That's actually something I really should work on, is just cutting that down to make it more concise. Mm -hmm. The other thing too with scripting that you need to be really careful of, and I don't want this again to be a step-by-step, -step, but I actually don't even think I've ever pointed this out to Shane, but my show specifically switches that every other routine, I tell them what's about to happen. So the first routine I do, which is the miser's dream, I don't tell them where that's going, okay? The second routine, the silk trick, I then will mention where it's gonna be before, and I say at the end, the goal of the routine is to get this to happen, okay? Then the next trick, I don't say it. Then the balloon swallow, I tell them, I'm going to swallow this balloon. Well, because you're building anticipation at that point. Well, so yeah, so in the routines, I wanna build anticipation for the end. If you wanna really build a big peak, a great tip is to preempt your script by telling the audience what's gonna happen, and then throughout the process, they'll actually kind of forget where you were going with that, and then you can call back to it at the end and get the big I don't agree with that all the time, though. No, but it works in some routines. Yeah, I think it works great in the balloon swallow because people are going, there's no way that he's gonna put No, 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 oh, no, yeah, no, 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 you can't do it in every routine. The, the reason yeah. why I don't do it in the routines I don't do it in is because it would not work. It would it would dampen it, the effect. It would kill, yeah, it would yeah. kill the magic. So, yeah. so I'm just giving you options for routines that like if you're gonna do something that they won't believe is gonna happen, don't be afraid to tell them. And also, then it gets them more on board. A lot of the time, if you're finding trouble getting a volunteer on stage, it's probably because you haven't told them what's about to happen yet. So if you can say, hey, I need somebody to come up here to allow me to read their mind, you'll notice at those points people raise their hands because they want their mind read. But if you say, I need to volunteer for something, dead. You know? Or if yeah. you say, hey, I need somebody to assist me just to hold something. Can anybody come up? You'll notice a lot more hands go up versus, can I have somebody help me with something? So, so if you need – unfortunately, the parts of my show where I need to get a volunteer, I literally cannot tell them what I need them to do. So, <laughs> so yeah. you know, but 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 find maybe you can find a way to tactfully do that. Maybe if I told them I'm going to teach somebody here a magic trick. Is there anybody interested in coming on stage and learning a magic trick live with me? That actually is pretty intimidating. I don't think people would raise their hand on that, but you get no. the idea. So, um, okay, so we've talked a little bit about this. Let's talk about being in the middle of your routine. Certain points that you should hit on. Um, building impossibilities. Something you should definitely work into your script. Um, Meaning. So I'm going to go – so if I would – before I go into that, I want to say, especially if you're finding that you're not getting the reactions. Yeah. Especially <laughs> if you're finding out that you're not getting the reactions that you need out of a routine, maybe that's a good sign you need to build in possibility. What that is is recapping the effect. So Yeah, that's big. Um, letting them know. Like, for instance, I placed it in your hand in front of everybody. You walked across the stage. I have not gotten near you or touched you. No. Yeah. I placed one inside of my hand, and without a trace, it is now gone. Yeah. yeah, especially if there's been some time in between what happened and, and the reveal. It's, yeah, you, people will forget. And the magic will be good, but it could be better if you're like, ah, oh, remember this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. It's also a great time to, um, oh, God, I completely blanked on what it's called. It's basically restructuring their memory oh, on oh, what oh. happened during the effect. Yeah, um, like selective memory, working with people's selective memory. That's not but the word it's, called, it's called something specific. Yeah. It's, it's basically forcing them to misremember what exactly happened. For instance, in my reading, my, I'm a mentalist, my whole show's my reading, but it's when they select a card out of a deck, it's reframing that 
yeah. for them to Maybe that's think, what it's oh, yeah, I think it's reframing, uh, reframing the memories. So you of, can now say, so you thought of a car. Yeah, instead of saying, instead of, so you selected a car from a deck earlier. Let's go, okay, so you're now thinking of a card in your mind. You had no idea that you were going to be thinking that beforehand. You even changed your mind a couple of times. There's no one here that's known it. You didn't write it down. You haven't told anyone, build, 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 build. The card is boom, right? So, yes. I'm so glad you brought this up because uh, so much of my script, like in almost every corner of my show, I try to put some form, and walk around mostly, but try to put some form of dual reality in there or reframing. Reframing, I yeah. really, really, really love this idea because so many magicians think that you're going to get caught in the act of saying something happened when it didn't happen. Right. Nope. That will not. You are the storyteller. You get to choose the narrative. You can literally have somebody nail something into a block of wood and later on go, now remember, when I nailed that into a piece of wood, no one's gonna be like, "I nailed it." Like, unless there's yeah. a lot of drinks out in the audience, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. You can tell the story the way that you want to tell it. So don't be afraid to change the script to work in your favor. Yeah, I'll um, give you a perfect example of this. There's uh, a friend of ours. Uh, I do an effect with business cards that is a mind reading effect. Uh, the, the spectators writes down uh, the name of someone important on their business card. Um, and then I re later reveal that name, right? Someone who was a very good friend of ours, uh, well, I'll just go ahead and tell you, the guy that owns the magic shop uh, here in Richmond, oh. I walked in one day and, and another magician friend of ours walked in and the guy that owns the magic shop, uh, Hun Wu said, ah, Tony, you, Shane, show, uh, Tony, listen, you can literally think of any name that you want, any person that you want, and Shane will be able to tell you what the name is. I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> that's how he remembered but it. But that's how he remembered it because I'm thinking later, why did that happen? It's because during the routine, I say, now you're thinking of the first name of someone that's important to you. It exists in your mind. And it almost is like you're sending that thought of that person over to me to my mind so i'm hammering in the thought of someone that you're thinking of thinking thoughts you're sending that thought to me and so it's remembered as a thought and the the act of the business cards almost gets lost in in the memory later on because i've reframed it that way i'm pulling something up here just to do as an exercise because i like the exercise doing last sure and that's that's awesome and that really does work and you can do that not just in mind reading but any routine that you need to make more impossible um one thing that i i just saw a joke on here by the way it works perfectly for my character it says say this to a bald guy i love your hair because he, he's, Chris Michael is so complimentative. He doesn't even mean it as an insult. He just genuinely tried to compliment this guy in a way that his mind was working too fast. He didn't realize it was going to be awkward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pull up. Literally, I have a list of magic ideas. Some of these I have sold to people, so I can't go into this. But I will. I will. Um, okay. So off on a routine I haven't done yet, and we'll write. A, we'll kind of come up with a script with that. Um, okay, here. Yeah, actually, here's an example of inspiration, which we talked about earlier. Um, I wrote down: as fish live in water, humans live in language. We can't understand anything that doesn't exist in our own language. That's why cultures that have different words for different things experience things differently. So, cool idea to use in a routine. Um, 
trying to find a trick idea here. Um, okay. A Sven pad. Let's do that. Let's come up with a script off of a Sven pad routine. So here's a great exercise on using scripting to cover up the fact you're using Sven pad. If you don't know what Sven pad is, essentially it's a force device. I can't say much more than that, but probably the best forcing device on the market if you're going to do uh, like mm. a physical force of uh, a selection of things. So yeah. um, why do you have a notebook that you have to have people select things from? Why can't they just think of one? So here's a really awesome option for selection or sorry for, for scripting. You know, so think of, they go back to your character now. What is your friend? What is your character like to do? He likes to impress his friends. Where does he like to hang out? Okay, he likes to hang out in local areas to him, like cool little hidden spots. And he likes to win people over. So, on my coffee table at home, it's likely that Chris Michael has a book of cool places to take his friends to impress them. Okay, so you can start a conversation with somebody and like ask them where they're from. Oh, cool. Do you have any little secret locations that you go to in that city? Oh, yeah? That's really cool. Actually, I have a bunch in Richmond. Richmond's a super eclectic city. I have actually, um, just from all the places I couldn't remember where I want to take my friends, I made a list of all the places when I meet new people. Yeah, whenever I, I think about it, I write it down. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And, then I, and then I have them, I, when I, when somebody comes over to my house for the first time, because there's so many I can't choose, I just hand them a notebook, have them choose a place, and we go there, and that's where we spend the day. Yeah. So I would love to invite one of you guys to come to my home city. You know, um, Not for real, unfortunately, but I would love to just do it in your mind. So can somebody come yeah. up here and we'll do it just like me and my friends do. And there, boom, scripted. And now that little piece of information right there, which I just came up with, now can go into a routine that's really cool that maybe ends with you with a selfie that you took with the volunteer earlier ends up being with you by the Maymont Garden sign, which they chose Maymont Gardens. And so, yeah. so now it's a picture of you and them in front of the Maymont Gardens, yeah. sign, which ends up leading, your scripting ends up leading into an effect. So cool. Hope that helped, but anyway. Yeah, my... Um... Uh, I used a spin pad in a wedding that I did last year. Uh, so I found out where the couple uh, met. Uh, that's a great idea. Take it if you want. I found out where the couple met. I wrote that location down on the spin pad. If you know the spin pad, you know that works. Also, of course, wrote down tons of other locations. Um, but the main force location was the one where they met. I got a map. I circled the location, I put it in an envelope, I gave it to them, um, and I had the bride say, uh, I said, well, I asked the bride, I said, if you, where was it, uh, if you go anywhere in the world, where would you go? Um, also, interesting note on side note on the spin pad, and very good for, um, for scripting is write down two locations mm. on the same page. If you have a spin pad, you know what we're talking about. Uh, you do that as well. Mm -hmm. So um, you actually write down three things. But um, so I said, where where would you go anywhere else, anywhere in the world, right? Um, and I, I will acknowledge I literally just did bite my fingernail on camera. It's been bothering me all day because it was shit. I fixed it. Don't worry. Don't be grossed out. I had to do it. It literally <laughs> So uh, so anyway, so the scripting was where would you like to go? And by by chance, where did you where did you guys meet? And so then the 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 force is now both places, right? Um, moving forward from that, because I was going to enter into the wedding market. So this is a very good idea for if you guys are going to be doing wedding magic and scripting out things for wedding magic is puzzle pieces. They get to select puzzle pieces mm -hmm. and they get to select from the spin pad um, 
of a place where they would like to go um, and then a place for their honeymoon. Uh, the puzzle pieces I was either going to do were the last puzzle piece. Uh, so it's basically a puzzle piece of the world and the last puzzle piece that they well, to go into your, down to, to your script of this, because your script of this is what, what we're talking about. So what is the scripting point? Well, the script is, um, if you could choose anywhere in the world um, to go on a honeymoon, where would it be? Realistically, I already know where they want to go on a honeymoon, um, because I asked in the talk, the business talk, the, create, the creative meeting over the phone months in advance. Um, so I already knew where they were going, and they forget by that point. They forget that they told me that they were going on vacation oh, in Hawaii, cool. that sort of thing. Oh, so, um, sorry, can I add a point here? Mm -hmm. um, then just to think about also uh, with scripting here, um, that's one of the ideas you can use to pull from script is what specific audience are you performing for, or what company you know use yeah. use their go on go on their website, find their mission vision statement, create a trick around that, and they will love you forever. Yeah, because um, those are things they paid lots of money for their employees to remember. Um, and a wedding too, you know, where are they from? What do they do? Create routines using scripts on that. So use the tips we gave you to do that. One thing also I wanted to add about scripting is. Um, you mentioned you said the wedding in the Sven pad. I had something I wanted to go off of that. Yeah. Um, to go back to what you were saying right before the wedding thing. Uh, we talked about Sven pads and selecting it, having two options. Oh gosh, this was such a good tip. If it slips through my fingers, I'll forget because I'm really not giving you the full value if I don't tell you guys this. Um, oh well, well, let me give you let me give you this, which will jog my memory. Knowing my character helps me script things out because think about a coin to cross or three fly, for instance. Now I've got a really unique three fly that essentially the method and everything and the whole idea of the script of the, well, actually the method wouldn't be any different than three fly, but here's where I can come up with original routining. I have three coins here and Chris Michael's character loves to impress his friends. Right. So he would probably not do it through magic or, or through a hole in his hand or anything. He would probably very obviously try to impress people. And so he'd, where am I? I'm right here, I'm close to my mouth. Okay, so when they're not looking, and then when they're not looking again, I do that. But now that leads to the scripting idea of using the mouth. And then you say, oh, you don't, okay, fine. And then, you know, he comes up with a better idea and he just touches it to the teeth and the second it touches to the teeth, it jumps. Mm. And now he's surprised, you know? So, because uh, my character finds out the magic usually in real time. Right. So, um, yeah. which actually, uh, that's another thing with character development is finding out does, where does your magic abilities come from and how does he experience the magic does it happen to him does it happen for him or does he does he control it right so anyway um so so there's an idea just understanding your character and what his goals are that's another way that that can help you develop a routine so now i've got a three fly using my mouth and the whole thing and then that helps me lead into kickers maybe there's a mouth coil maybe a bunch of coins spelled on my mouth at the end yeah which can be a funny thing because that's where they were all going the whole time right um so so just i i can't express enough that creating these boundaries for you and what your character would do will really help inform this um the the more minute details of what to say and how to say it um, that's going to depend completely on you and what you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Just knowing to be simple, get your point across, but most importantly, explain you and create connection with the audience. Yep. That's what it's about. Yeah. Do you want to, what do you want to add to that? That was it. Cool. We kind of wrap this up. I, I really could talk about this for like four more hours, but I just encourage you guys to let me know in the comments or DM me or email me and let me know what you want me to talk about in terms of scripting. Even maybe you want me to help you develop a script, schedule a call with me, we can do that. This is like one of my passions, and I've helped literally, but probably over 20 magicians now develop their shows. So, yeah, um, what is the point? I mean, I guess the last thing I'd say on that is what is the point of your show? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. You start with what is, who are you as a character, um, and then what is the point of your show? What are you trying to convey? First of all, what are you trying to convey as a character, and then what are you trying to convey through your show as your character? Uh, and and then, that'll help you come up with yeah. routines, and then you can obviously, based on who your character is and what your show is about, should inform uh, the script behind all of your effects. And this gets so much deeper when you get into working the corporate world and you have to now tie your character and your show message into the company message. Why yeah. is my character interested in this company in the first place? Yeah, my character is slightly different uh, uh, corporate versus like theatrical setting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I for- lean more into the mysteriousness of the character in a theatrical setting, yeah. whereas that just would not work in a corporate setting. You have a true winner when you don't sacrifice your character or show for a corporate environment, but rather you incorporate them in a clever way, meaning Chris, you know, maybe the yeah. spy, that spy-type character I was talking about earlier is working for this company because they've developed new technologies that interest him, and by performing a show for him, he can now learn the secrets too and then insert company mission here. Right. So, okay. yeah. you know, so that's, that is a really super clever way to do it um unfortunately a lot of guys don't do that where the point of their show is to serve the company and so you know they have to work around that but if, if you can get a, th- a triangular kind of scripting type thing where the character informs the story which informs why he's in touch with the company that's a really mm-hmm. cool theatrical type of show that that would be really valuable for people yeah. so yeah. what else so much more, but I I can't I don't want to fire hose these people in the face with information. So okay, that's it. I think that concludes our like four part or five as a four four, four, part, four, four part, part series on creating a show. Yeah, yeah, we'll do another one soon. Yeah, we'll we do will. some follow ups. But but for now, let us know what what information we missed, what information you want us to go deeper in, what information you disagree with, because we're still learning too. Let, yeah, honestly, we're not the end all be all for how it should be. I mean, there's some general out general general out generality. Yeah, generalities. Man, that was that doesn't sound right. But yeah, do you know four is <laughs> spelled the number four? No, fourth is spelled F O R T H. There's yeah. no U in fourth. Yeah, go fourth. But fourth as in, the, like, 40. There's 40. Oh, sorry. I'm talking about 40. You know 40 has no... Oh, no, you. You. That's what I meant to say. Anyways. 40. All right. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. Don't click away. 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 Please know that any suggestions you give us on how to make these better don't only inform me and Shane and our shows, but we have a wide connection of magicians, and we talk to people who are some of the biggest movers and shakers of magic down to the smallest people who are just getting started. If you tell us tips on how we can improve our shows and things that we talk about, I guarantee you those will trickle up to the top of the ladder and to the bottom of the ladder as well. Yes. So, so you're not just helping us, you're helping magic across the board. Yeah, we'll shout you out.